You're listening to Bitcoin and Markets. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets, episode 19. So there's a lot of stuff to update from last week. I got pretty heated. If you guys go back and listen to that episode, I got real heated about um, Bitfinex and the regulations. So I cover, I go back in and I cover some of that. I update some of the stuff I talked about last episode. But first, I want to talk about the Olympics. And I wouldn't be, I would be remiss if I didn't hit on the California Bit license that kind of dropped out of nowhere. Um, so I touch on that, and that brings Coin Center back into the whole whole forefront. But let's go. Okay, I'm going to talk about a topic that I don't talk about on the show, and that's sports. (laughs) Because the Olympics is coming around, and that's dominating the news cycle. I have watched some of the Olympics, but I try not to. I I really don't like it very much. There's too much nationalism, too much flag worship going on. Um, it's, It's lost its purity, right? And I was an athlete. I was a Division I swimmer. Back in college, swam all all up in my childhood. Did other sports too, but uh, I was best at swimming, and <clears throat> so that was a big part of my life. I like competition. I like sports. Even now, I do some of the leagues. You know, like the the older <laughs> the old fogey leagues <laughs> of sports, like volleyball, softball, and stuff. So I like sports, but I like them because they bring people together. And it's healthy competition. Um, you could you know, exercise that kind of thing. But what I see in the Olympics is pure nationalism, pure flag worship. This country versus this country. And you can't get away from having your your government property stamp on your uniform. You have to have that American flag, or that Russian flag, or that German flag, or whatever flag you're you're representing. You have to have that property stamp on you. Um, you can't compete. I mean, if this was really about uh, sports, you would be able to field a team or be an individual in this competition without a nationalistic tie, right? So you have like free, the free people, and they don't have a flag. If that was really about the competition, that's what you would have a lot of people doing that. Because if I'm an American, am, am I wanting to, to represent the flag? Represent killing of millions of people around the world? Invading countries, killing women and children? Backing ISIS? Um, overthrowing regimes of other countries? Murdering people around the world? Um, throwing people in prison for all this stuff? Uh, for victimless crimes like is that what i'm representing of course not you should be able to represent whatever you want i mean say you're say you're a world record like michael phelps right let's say you're michael phelps and you want to not represent the united states you want to compete as a free person a sovereign individual you should be able to do that but you can't in the Olympics, as far as I know, you cannot do that. So uh, that's that's what I see. 
I also see kind of over the several last several decades, you know, you had uh, these judged events like a gymnastics or uh, diving or whatever. Um, you, these judged events are being more and more dominated by Americans. And I think that might be because these are under rules and these judges have a lot to say about how these things happen. But that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I did see one image that I thought was great and it symbolized what my vision of sports is. Um, and that is this image of these two women volleyball players. They're sand volleyball players. Um, one team was Germany, one was Egypt. The, they were both, uh, the two girls were jumping and going for a ball right over the net. They were both kind of reaching up. Uh, the German, this German babe, she had her bikini on, showing lots of skin, tan, fit. The Egyptian babe, she had her uh, covered from wrist to ankle. You couldn't really see her body or her figure. She had her hijab on, so you couldn't like see her hair. And she was jumping for the ball as well. Obviously, she was fit. She was competing in the Olympics in sand volleyball. She's probably fit. Um, and they're going for this ball. And I thought it was great. That showed cultural differences. That showed two very different people in the world meeting on the field and competing in a common sport to come together. Right? The increase awareness increase understanding all these good things about sports it was great but what did they have stamped on them the german had a nice fat german flag stamped on her bikini and the egyptian had a nice egyptian flag can't get away from it but enough about the olympics let's get back into bitcoin and crypto ethereum <laughs> I love that intro. It's so funny. The Ethereum Civil War is raging as hot as ever. The latest battle is exactly what I was talking about last week. So last week I talked about how the there are Ethereum whales out there that are supporting the Ethereum Foundation because they're probably a lot of them are part of the Ethereum Foundation. And th so what they'll do is they'll sell their Ethereum Classic and buy Ethereum to set, keep that price separated, keep that price from reaching parity. And this is exactly what we're seeing now. Now it's hard to under it's hard to really see that if you're not if you don't have a way to look at exactly the balances, who what belongs to whom, etc, etc. But now we have this the DAO is back and they had the DAO Ethereum Classic that belonged to the DAO. So let's rewind and go through this DAO hack again for people. What happened was the DAO had all this Ethereum in locked in a smart contract. The DAO attacker made a recursive call on the DAO that drained a bunch of Ethereum. Now to save the rest of the Ethereum, what the white hat people, those are the good guys supposedly, they drained the rest of the DAO to keep it from falling into this attacker's hands or other attacker's hands. So these are like good guys. I think they're the maybe the foundation members themselves or 
people very close to the Ethereum project. Now, when they had the hard fork, what they were going to do was take all that Ethereum back from the DAO attacker, lump it all together with the white hat Ethereum, and then refund it to people. But remember, when the hard fork happened, all of that Ethereum now has has doubled, and now you have Ethereum Classic. And that Ethereum Classic should also belong to that DAO token holder. In fact, I would argue that the Ethereum Classic are is the original tokens that were stolen. Because in a hard fork, the new side is the side that was used to refund. These Ether that were created out of thin air, that's what was used to refund the DAO token holders. The original property of the DAO token holders is not the Ethereum that they received. The original property is the Ethereum Classic. That's the original property of these DAO token holders. And so what has happened now? Well, the, the white hat people t has taken that stolen property and sent it to Poloniex. So they're going to try to sell it. Suppress the Ethereum Classic price. Support the Ethereum hard fork token price. That's what they are doing. And of course now people have been able to follow this because they knew where this these addresses, we, they knew exactly about the white hat Ethereum stuff, so they, they knew they could watch this happen. But it's it's just so blatantly obvious right now that excuse of theft was just exactly that. It was an excuse. The white hat side is turning out to be exactly the same as the attacker. Taking the stolen property, stealing it from the, the people, and the Ethereum Foundation sees nothing wrong with that. The Ethereum supporters, diehard supporters, supporting the hard fork, they refuse to acknowledge. It's blind faith. The, the Bitcoin Ancestry guys say proof of Vitalik. It's exactly what it is. They have blind faith. They cannot see past Vitalik and his crew. They are gods. What they do is perfectly just and moral and cannot be wrong. It's amazing. They'll have the exact same actions as the quote-unquote bad guys, but they get a free pass from the Ethereum community. But I, I think that's ending. And, and one, one of my, so I pointed all this stuff out in my tweets. One tweet I said that there are thousands of Ethereum devs looking at this shit show and they're saying, why did I just waste a whole year building for Ethereum? Why? I, sh I could have been building for the Lightning Network in that time. I could have been building a Bitcoin layer two protocol or proposal or whatever. I just wasted a whole freaking year building for this shit show that will amount to nothing i can see that thousands and thousands of devs out there i mean the devs that are supporting the hard fork they probably some of them will go to ethereum classic because they want to save that you know they don't want to give up on that sunk cost or that investment that they've already given to ethereum they think maybe if i just hold out but a lot of a lot of the devs are just going to say screw it and move on probably to Bitcoin, or maybe they'll join other crypto projects. But hopefully, some of them become Bitcoin maximalists. I mean, every time that this maximalism has been tested, it results in Bitcoin 
showing that it's superior. Every time. So anyway, hopefully some of them will see the light and come into the fold. Anyways, I can't believe it's still alive. Enough Ethereum, let's touch on some stories from last week. That's correct. Alright, it turns out that I was right about Turkey. I beat the news, uh, the headlines by about a week. I'm talking about Turkey realigning to the east, to Russia, and that that's happening. We have a veiled threat by the NATO, by NATO. They are saying you better not be thinking about realigning to Russia. But it's kind of cool because a lot of these countries are going to be doing this. They're going to be dropping the EU. They're going to be dropping the West and, and the United States and shifting uh, East. Okay, that, that has major, major implications for the future, especially the financial future, the, the petrodollar and things of that nature. So uh, I think that's a very important topic that we will probably revisit again. Uh, but, you know, it just shows that we, we call it here first. All right, Bitfinex is back trading again, and it didn't turn out so bad. I don't know what their status is exactly on their solvency and stuff, but it didn't turn out too bad. Uh, most people are going to end up with about a 20% loss, give or take, which, you know, all things considered, it could be 100%. So I, I'm not too bent out of shape about it. Uh, there is this new BFX coin that they used to reimburse people with just money that they created out of thin air. They just created this new token, said it's worth a dollar. Um, I ended up trading those into Bitcoin as soon as possible because I don't know exactly how that's going to work out in the future. I'll probably take a break from trading, at least for now, and especially on Bitfinex to see how things shake out and maybe move to a different exchange, maybe not. I, I mean, I'm not a big trader. I do like to trade just so I have a little bit of skin in the game and I, you know, like to check the charts and kind of read the charts and understand. It, it gives you an excuse to dive into the current events, what's really happening out there. Uh, I don't trade any altcoins. I have in the past, but uh, nothing at this time. I, what I do like about the BFX coin is they are taking a stronger stance. One of the problems I have with Coinbase is that they're super weak, right? The the regulators could come in and be like, we need X, Y, and Z. We need you to do X, Y, and Z or give us X, Y, and Z. And Coinbase would be like, yes, Massa, what would you like? Uh, Bitfinex is kind of showing some backbone that they don't care too much. It is a gray area. Um, this is similar to Ethereum in that there's could be legal problems going forward. But what is crazy is... Ethereum is legal problems at its core, and Bitfinex is just an exchange. And you can limit your, you know, the market has a much easier way to speak through using Bitfinex or not using Bitfinex, that kind of issue. So I do like it as a private company doing this versus at its core. I wouldn't be supporting this if Bitcoin was, you know, Bitcoin Core was doing some legal uh, shenanigans but if it's Bitfinex it's not that big of an issue and I'm I kind of like it that they're being strong all right enough for the rewind let's get on to a new topic that is the new bit license in California
It's called uh, AB 1326. I learned about this through an article on Coin Center. They are back in my on my radar. Jerry Brido, you know, he's this is by this Peter Van Valkenberg and Jerry Brido. They the co co-authored this piece. Um, it's it's a bad thing. Let me just read you the first paragraph, and uh, let me start by saying what a tangled web we weave. So, okay, here we go. The California legislature has released a new version of AB 1326, and it's bad news for anyone who loves Bitcoin and blockchain technology. In the past, we expressed our support for the California bill, but the new version is completely different than the bill we helped craft and once supported. We have grave concerns about the new language. Worst of all, with the legislative session ending in August on August 31st, there will be little chance to discuss that language or alter it to be less damaging to our community. Nonetheless, here are our concerns. And then they go through a bunch of concerns that I, I share with them. Okay, this was a good article. They ha actually went through piece by piece and broke it out for people that are interested in this kind of thing to, to really dig in. It was a good summary. But look at the tangled web that you have woven here, Coin Center. That is the key point. You help them draft the legislation. Without your involvement, Coin Center, they, this would probably not be happening right now. <laughs> probably not. You helped draft the first bill. And now that they've changed it on you, you're surprised. Because of the tangled web that you have woven and the place that you have put yourself. But these people that suck up to the state and suck up to regulators and suck up to the government, they now, look what happens. You're stabbed in the back just like everybody else. You did nothing. Your whole effort has been wasted. It's been negative for the community. And that's what happens when you deal with evil people and evil institutions. Your concept of regulators is wrong. They are not here to help you. They are not here to protect the customer. They are. Not, they don't have your best interests at heart. These regulators want to destroy you. They want to destroy your business. They want to control it with an iron fist. You, Coin Center, Jerry Bridal, these people, they have the wrong idea of what government is maybe they don't okay i don't know them personally i've never talked to these people but if you're helping craft regulation like they admit to right here and they have they're known to do that they're helping the bad people okay they're helping the criminals and the people that want to crush you and the best thing they could do is delay 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 if, if they want to actually help the community, they should be promoting delays of this regulation and everything. Never say we'll help you craft a bill. Never say this is a good way to rate this. You should regulate this way versus this way. Never say that. If you want to actually help the community, Jerry Brido and Coin Center, you need to delay. That's the only thing you need to push. No, actually, regulators, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do that. You should wait. Let's wait and see how this develops. You don't want to crush a nascent industry. 
You know, you don't want to push development offshore. You want to keep it here in California, in Silicon Valley. Let's delay these regulations. Let's wait, take a wait and see approach. That's what they should be saying to these people. Easy peasy. Not, okay, let's really dig in. Let's try to come up with the best way to regulate. No, you delay, delay, delay. But let me step through a few more of these points. I'll just go over their main points here. No clarity for businesses still wondering about California money transmission law. So they don't clarify any of that because, of course, they don't want to help you. Right? These regulations are not to help you. They're to hurt you. So everything where you want clarity, they actually make it more murky. And everywhere there was clarity, then they make it more murky because they want to give themselves room for legal action to crush you. Okay, so then the next part is employment is the same or enrollment is the same as licensing. Make no mistake. So they're focusing on this word in this bill, enrollment, rather than license. But enrollment costs $5,000, I guess. And failure to enroll can result in fines of up to $25,000 per offense. So it is a license and it is a barrier to entry to some of these smaller entrepreneurs. Uh, okay, next section is everyone might need to enroll. So it says digital, it's quote, digital currency businesses in the bill. It's not uh, like exchanges or wallet providers. It actually goes in and saying that if you have a key of a multi-sig, you must enroll. Not if you just have the power to transact. Not if you have custody of the money, but if you have a key, which is horrible. Keep thinking in the back of your mind that they're trying to hurt you. They're not trying to help you. Okay. So that's that part. Permission required to innovate, develop, code, or network. All This is all around non-custodial stuff, all around innovation. Um, and of course, the coin center is disappointed. Quote, in short, we are disappointed in the latest evolution of AB 1326. None of these problems were present in the last version of the bill. We are also wary of the short amount of time remaining in the legislative session. But why, why is Coin Center surprised by this? I, it doesn't, I don't get it. I mean, if they think that, you know, these regulators are so great and they want to help these regulators, they want to even craft bills for them. Why are they so surprised that it's turning out bad? Because they don't understand what regulators are there for. Regulators are there to create inefficiency. They're there to institutionalize in inefficiency into the marketplace, right? Um, the excuse is externalities, but that is just and saying the market has externalities, saying the market is inefficient because no, if it was efficient, there would be no externalities, right? So uh, there is no market failure. The reason why there's regulation is to control, control the market through institutionalizing inefficiency in it. That's how these regulations work. That's how people should understand it. But of course, that's above and beyond Coin Center. At, at least it seems to be. They don't quite understand. They don't understand they've joined the dark side. They have surrounded themselves. They've put this mission out there for themselves. And then they're surprised when they're stabbed in the back by regulators. They're surprised when the things don't work out. You know, their friends are not their friends. Because they've joined the dark side, you're surrounded by evil people. You work with evil people. You're trying to convince evil people to be good. And it's not going to work. 
Delay, delay, delay. That's the lesson here. And hopefully this doesn't get through. Hopefully this small amount of time before the 31st of August is too short to really um, talk about this bill. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't put anything past them. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support the show, you can make a donation at the QR code in all the show notes on the website, bitcoinandmarkets.com. This show is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So if you know somebody that listens just to iTunes and you want to share this content with them, go ahead and do that. You know, they can find it there too. So that's all. Thanks for listening. Peace. You've been listening to Bitcoin and Markets. Please like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time.